0: To all the New Zealand teachers, welcome back to what's always my favourite term of the year, better weather. Seniors gone after a few weeks and plenty of time to reflect on the year and to start thinking about what next year will bring. For our international listeners, I hope wherever you are in your school year that things are going well and shaping up nicely as we move towards Christmas. Today we're speaking with Matt Lambert from Hedotonga College here in Wellington. I'm really loving his approach to course creation and development, which we're going to spend most of the episode talking about. I'm going to call this episode an authentic PE experience. Our seminar room sits above our main gym and a class rocked up to do some PE halfway through the interview, so you'll hear them throughout. And it wouldn't be an NZPE teacher cast without a few planes taking off either, so there's those to look forward to as well. I hope you enjoy today's episode.
1: You're listening to the NZPE Teacher Cast, a podcast sharing some of the inspirational stories from amazing health and physical education teachers. Today's episode is sponsored by My Study Series, an online learning platform by New Zealand PE teachers for New Zealand PE teachers and their students. Check it out now at mystudyseries.co.nz.
0: Kia ora everyone, I'd like to welcome Matt Lambert, Head of Physical Education and Health at Tonga College. This is my first time meeting Matt, but I've heard his name brought up on many occasions, particularly around two areas, his exceptional use of technology and PE, and also the amazing weight room they have at Tonga College, which from my understanding was, was in a way self-funded and, and they did it uh, uh, in a fairly clever way. So um, we're going to hear a little bit more about some of those things. Uh, Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Now, before we get on to the topic of this podcast, which is these contextualised courses that you're running, can you tell us a little bit about your teaching experience, your school, and maybe something about the area of Heratonga Uh
1: Yep, um, I've been teaching for uh, 10 years, so my 11th year now. i um, been doing all of that at Heratonga College, so I started there in 2006. Um head of Town College is Decile 6. Uh, we have a role of around about 720 students. Um, we're a co ed school, we're 50 50 split pretty much, uh, boys and girls. We've got 20% Māori students, a um, little bit less, uh, about 5% just under of Pacifica. Um, about 30 to 35% of our students go on to university study when they leave. Uh, our park community as a whole is um, quite a sort of working class. Um, environment, and yeah, very few of our parents have, um, have any qualifications um, outside of school. And in 2013, uh, we opened up um, our new modern learning environment. Um, the government spent a fair bit of money on, on a refurb for us, and that has a lot of shared learning spaces, uh, lots of glass, so teachers can't hide, and uh, yeah, it's made people change their pedagogy in the way that they teach.
0: So you've, you've been there 10 years? you must um you must enjoy it there
1: uh ye yeah, yes and and no, I mean I've seen a lot of really good stuff and a lot of really bad stuff, um but yeah, no, I do enjoy probably more so the staff um, over of everything else and uh yeah, and, yeah the kids are, are good too, yeah, you know, every school has their, their bad eggs, but the majority of our kids are, are really great, and I do enjoy the community
0: how many how many staff members in your department
1: uh, currently we have six six any females?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, we have two females. Cool. Um, so we, we're here to talk these contextualised courses which kick in for you at level 2 and 3. Um, but can you first describe to us what PE at level 1 looks like for your students? Just because I've seen how cool the stuff is that you're doing at level 2 and 3, so uh, I don't want to still feel plain and boring after being blown away by that. So if you could just describe level 1 so we feel all normal compared to what you're doing.
1: Uh, yeah, at level one we offer a range of standards, um, which is depending on on its class and its students. So no uh, achievement standard is a must. Um, basically, the the teacher um, evolves that course around around the students. Uh, we student voice and ability, um, as well as um, I guess what, what the teacher is able to uh, to do as well um, to come up with that, that course itself. So um, for example, if if the teacher feels as though the students aren't up to 1.2, um, then uh, they they won't put that in in the course. Um, so it's quite as simple as that. Basically, it's, it's more traditional um, compared to other courses, um, and it's only between 14 and 18 credits. Yeah,
0: well, I think that. Um... That approach of, of quality over quantity, I think that's, that's really important, and it's, I think it's so cool that you're able to do that, and you have the support of your school and your principal to be able to do that, because students, are, well, we saw it in the, the research about student well-being, they, they're just struggling, and they're battling, and they're burdened by assessment, and being able to offer less credits is, is, is just so beneficial to them. Now, I said this... Via email to you, because I hadn't heard of it before, but what on earth is a contextualised course?
1: Uh, Well, Basically the the board and the senior management said to all of our staff, um, we want to make some changes to try to lift our achievement in the senior school. And um, we'd seen other schools uh, trying various things like extended learning spells, uh, etc. We wanted to do something a little bit different. So we decided to go down a um, contextualised course line, which is basically where you've got. Um, well, our context in PE is, is the use of sport as a vehicle to, to try to um, teach our curriculum. And so other departments jumped on with that as well. So, for example, we have uh, a maths with sport um, class, a English with sport. Um, but there's also English and beauty and makeup. Um, there's maths with construction. Um, we have a school of hospitality uh, as well, which is um, basically yeah, everyone's got almost like a, an occupation or a, um, yeah, a, a an area like that where that sort of shapes what that course is, is all about. Um, we still have your traditional sort of more academic, uh, if you like, subjects too, like your Shakespearean English for those students who are really into that. Um, so for in PE, um, we, we have a course based around um, people who wanted to be personal trainers, for example. Yeah.
0: And so you, you mentioned to me that you've got there's your three courses at Level 2. Can you just break those down a little bit and, and you've got these cool names for them and, and just what, what those look like?
1: Uh, yeah, so we do. We have three courses at Level 2 and 3. Um, the One is a unit standards-based course that's called uh, Do You Even Lift? And uh, that's all based around um, students learning safety and etiquette uh, as well as technique um, within a, a gym environment. Um, they also learn stretches in... Um, Another course called Better Never Stops, uh, which is where the students focus on their own sport. Um, Wait, I'm just going to interrupt. When
0: you you've got these Better Never Stops and Do you Even Left, is is that course known as Two BNS? Yeah, BNS. And it's coded that in your course choice booklet. Yeah, BNS. Awesome. Yeah, BNS That's 202
1: so cool. and DYE 202 or 303. Yeah, and yeah, in BNS they focus on their own sport, um, so they do uh, biomechanical analysis of a skill from their own sport. Um, they do training programs for their own sport which um, last uh, effectively the whole year so that you can look at periodization, etc. as well, rather than just shorter uh, training programs. Um, they get assessed on their ability and in their own sport as well. Um, and at Level 2, they look at um, helicence and the social responsibility model to so try to get them into um, a good routine and, and good, um, yeah, I guess that whole thing about being self-motivated but also helping others um, as well. Uh, and at Level 3, um, they do the strategies to improve assessment 3.9 um, to help towards their own sport. And we also have Beyond the Field, uh, at both Level 2 and 3. BTF. Yep, BTF, which is all based around uh, sociology um, of sport. So why and how we and others participate in the event or issue um, and its effect on, on self, others in society, uh, and also coaching, where we go out and coach a local primary school um, run a tournament for them, or uh, we will work with our learning resource centre, which is our students with cognitive and physical disabilities, and they will try to get them physically active um, and try to yeah teach them how to be so for, for lifelong wellbeing. Mm,
0: cool, that sounds. Um, I, I really love. Uh, we're, we're in our department at the moment. We're talking about the the benefit of renaming our course because we battle with um, these perceptions of what PE is Um, so we're thinking about maybe getting away from that name PE because well that comes a whole lot of um, different thoughts and assumptions around what we do as teachers and what our students experience and we want to get away from that those assumptions and and so we're thinking about you know sport science naming it to that or 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 other names that we've been floating but you know that's just the name and I think what you're doing here is you've got these funky names that actually quite appealing probably to the kids as, as much as they are to me, but you've also restructured it in a way that you' you're providing these fantastic courses. Um, I, honestly when I read it, I was blown away by it. so I think you know you you and your department are to be commended for for what you're doing because it, it makes it authentic, it makes it really meaningful. I am interested though, I'll come back to this next question, but what's the what's the makeup of each course? Does a does a BNS course attract a, a significantly different student than say a BTF course and and, and stuff like that? <coughs> uh,
1: initially, uh, for Dye, for example, we um, it was predominantly males. Um, but one thing that underlies all of our courses is the socio cultural elements and, and the assumptions, you know, that come along with. Um, I guess our, our whole subject as a whole. So, um, you know, we within Dway we look at things like body image issues and um, and the assumptions that girls shouldn't train or lift weights, etc. So, yeah, you know, since we've been going into that sort of depth, it's really brought into um, we have brought a lot more females into that course. And in the first year of that course, yeah, you know, me personally I only had three girls in that course of eighteen, and and this year it's about half and half. Um, oh. Yeah, and yeah, you know, I think. Um, and, even that's the same with our memberships for the gym too you know, Female numbers have, have gone up um, I've found the girls are actually much better at learning uh, The correct technique um, you know, They're not it's ego no egos yeah, There's no ego lifting going on um, They don't mind starting yeah. off with an empty bar And therefore you know, they get the technique put on um, For B and S We've got all types of athletes as well you know, You've got your traditional um, sports Your basketball, netball, hockey etc represented um, I've got a few martial artists In there as well, it's taekwondo, karate um, a few skiers, mountain bikers, um, a few athletics um, students. I think the main issue for them has been that I've had to write marking criteria for, for a few. Um, so last year I wrote the marking criteria for, criteria for level three rugby, and for softball, um, which was crazy to me that there wasn't a marking criteria sure. for those. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah, um, which is yeah, That's allowed students who don't consider themselves to be that athletic, you know, to be able to come in. So. Yeah, a lot of our international students who play badminton, for example, who don't consider themselves to be athletes, they're, they're in there working on their badminton. Mm. And, uh, and it's helped them socially as well. And we've had other students show interest, darts players, cheerleaders, et cetera. So I'm midway through writing a, a cheerleading marking <laughs> criteria, um, which is quite interesting. I think
0: you should, I really think you should make some exemplars of you doing cheerleading. I think <laughs> that would be great. Is there a, particularly for the BNS course, is there a selection process, or do you, do you have to be exceptional at your sport to get into that? Or no, not them? not at
1: all. Uh, we we didn't have prerequisites for any of our courses when we first um, opened them up, and um, the the only one that we did have was that students have to be playing an approved sport um, for school or club because that's you know that's their whole that's whole context is them improving in that sport. So if they don't have um, a sport focus. Um, for them uh, to improve in a goal, if you like, then then it's not going to work. So, yeah, a lot of them do play for club and for, sport, um, for school. Um, some of them only play for club. Some only go to one actual event um, a year. Uh, one powerlifter lad does. Yeah, he only goes to one, one event. Um, and that's same with mountain bike, biking as well, yeah. Mm.
0: How's this approach? How long have you been doing it for?
1: Uh, We're Just, yeah, finishing up our second year.
0: Okay. Has it improved your academic results? Uh,
1: in the first year, our results actually declined from um, our previous sort of five-year trend.
0: You'd expect that, though, wouldn't you? You'd, you know, um, getting used to the new system and your yeah,
1: we, we run PMIs um, as a department and um, just yeah go through after each standard and sort of question you know our results and, and why and what we could do better, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, yeah, after reading all of those, I put it down to a couple of factors. And um, the first one was that we were teaching a lot of standards that we hadn't taught before, um, particularly the socio-cultural sort of based standards. And yeah, um, the ones
0: we, we tend to, for Zetas, tend to avoid. Don't yeah, right? yeah,
1: that's right. And we're really keen to try to um, incorporate those as much as possible. And, um, yeah, but particularly so um, now we're sort of filtering that down into our junior program as well. And, um, yeah, so it, that was a little bit more difficult. I was able to get quite a bit of help from people um, to, to see what they were doing as well. And, um yeah, I guess the other reason was because we had dropped all prerequisites that um, a few of our, our deans were seeing us as a bit of a dumping ground. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the students were a bit of a battle just to even to get them to bring their gear, you know, let alone to, to be uh, involved. You know, and usually for us at a senior, senior level, that's just never the case. So, um, yeah, we had to bring in a few policies around that sort of thing, and we've got prerequisites now for for next year. And I went through, interestingly enough, and and um, took those students out who I considered who had been dumped, and yeah, the results went um, yeah back up to where yeah. to where they would typically be or where we'd expect them to be, know, yeah, one or two percent basically, um, which I would say again would be based around those uh, socio-cultural standards that we weren't as familiar with, but mm-hmm. now yeah, I'm feeling like yeah we're pretty good with those.
0: Definitely a, a common issue at all schools, I think, is that dumping ground mentality around for Z, which is a shame.
1: Mm.
0: To be able to run these contextualised courses, you obviously need a well-resourced department, particularly in terms of of that um, uh, do-you-even-lift course in terms of weight training. So can you tell me a bit about how you manage this and and how you go about providing, uh, I guess, what standards you assess and stuff like that, just briefly?
1: Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, initially... We we did student voice, et cetera, and, you know, and that's how we came up with our courses, was based around students wanted to learn how to lift, they wanted to learn how to be um, healthy for life, um, they wanted to learn about coaching and, and you know, all the stuff behind the scenes, so that's where the courses came from, and then when the kids did subject selection, we were blown away by how many um, kids had shown interest, and we realised, heck, we don't actually have enough space, we don't have the resources, um, the physical resources to be able to cope for it, so... Um, yeah, you know, Fortunately, our principal has a bit of a fetish with hiring um, <laughs> PE staff and not putting them in, in our department. So we had a few in the foods department and we had a few uh, in social sciences as well. So we're able to pull in, in them um, so we could help man it. Um, and I was also lucky enough to have a couple of people in the department who have personal training backgrounds. So um, we're able to get accreditation to, to teach um, a few of those unit standards. But we needed the equipment, so... Um, my sister, actually, Max Pearson and I, we got together, we made a wish list of what we needed, um, and we got quotes from a few places and put together a proposal, um, uh, and basically that included how much students would need to pay um, per year on a lease to own agreement for that equipment, um, and figured out the kids, if they paid 100 bucks each, we would need 75 members um, for each year, for five years, and then that would cover it, so Currently, we have um, over 130 members, which includes staff, um, students, old boys and girls of the school, um, parents, and other members of the community who have a, a link to the college. And yeah, it's quite handy. You know, there's an electrician who's a parent, and he comes in and fixes the lights for us, and yeah, installs televisions and stuff, and um, he gets a free membership. Yeah, so it helps in that sort of thing, so it doesn't eat into my budget.
0: I, I think that that approach—it just amazes me that. I don't think you tend to see, well, in my experiences anyway, it, it seems to always be well, if, if you can't afford it out of your budget, then we're not getting it. And, and you've obviously had that support from your principal to come up with this proposal that he's allowed you to go and lease to own this stuff with that for or that, I guess, that vision that it, it can be paid off and it can actually bring in revenue once it's paid off. And, and the way you're doing it, that's not too far. Happening, so you're going to have not only this fantastic resource or facility, you're going to have the revenue extra revenue that it brings in that can just get pumped straight back into the students. So, I think that that's um, I think you've done a really good job about that. You were telling me about uh, um, I mean, we've been talking the social cultural factors that we uh, that are so important in in PE and and getting them across. You told me a really cool story about uh, earlier about a a girl who's a, a member of your your weights club and or the gym and her father Do you want to just tell our listeners about that
1: yeah yeah, um, yeah so we have a student who um, she was last year she was level one um, and yeah she was learning how to lift uh, and uh, she joined up the gym and was loving it and her father said to her yeah she wanted to he wanted to spend a little bit more time with her so um, he decided he was going to start coming to the gym with her and uh, so they were training together and it was really cool to see. Uh, but he hadn 't lifted for a while, so his technique was um, was a little bit rusty and it was really cool to actually see her be able to to critique him and and to help him out and uh, yeah particularly on his squat um, technique one day, I remember seeing him try to load up the bar because he was a little bit embarrassed that, that she might be able to squat more than him so um yeah, she just took the weights off and yeah got his technique sorted first before yeah. um, before anything else so it 's been really cool to actually see them in there together and um yeah, and talking to her mum as well, Yeah, she, she says that she's quite jealous of the time that they get to spend together in the gym. and um, Even he actually injured himself, and he was still in there helping her out and, and spotting her and stuff like that, so they were still able to share that time.
0: So not only has this facility had a positive effect on, on your students within the school and, and the approaches that they can have to their learning, it's also having this, I guess, community... Um, Effect or this positive effect on the community that they can come in and use the facility and and bond with their family or learn a little bit more about being physically active and the benefits of that. So, um, so cool. I think I think it's just awesome um, what you're doing. You also manage. I think this is reasonably new, but on Facebook the the PE Gear Shed. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? And I guess what you I guess what I want to know is what your why you came about launching that page and then and, and what you want from it?
1: Uh yeah, for sure. Um myself and, and a couple other people were talking about um yeah the need for networking and um, for offering um cheap and, and easy ways of, of professional um, development. And um yeah, thought that a lot of PE teachers don't necessarily share what they do because they're a little bit um a little bit funny about being critiqued or uh, being um, being judged by, by others, and um, so we thought that the P gear shed would be a really good way to uh, to try to do that in an anonymous fashion, and um, so if people did want to share any information they could quite easily you know, share it along and then that could be posted up um, yeah, by the gear shed as opposed to being by an individual. So um, there's a couple of us, Cam Smith is another one, who's um, yeah he, he posts a lot on there as well, and um, yeah, it's just about trying to share ideas, um, trying to trying to create um, discussions and uh, trying to get that whole networking thing out. It's a place for PE teachers, you know, by PE teachers to help us to, to all be better at what we do. And, um, yeah, it's not a competition to be the best PE teacher. It's just about, you know, trying to do what's best for our students and, and for our communities. So, um, yeah, that's, I guess, the point for that. You know, we're not out there to try to make any money or anything off it. It's just a, a good place to sort of share and... Um, to, to learn,
0: perfect, and that and that's some of the reason why I started this podcast was being able to network and share stories and, um, so that's Facebook page the PE Gear Sheet is that right? Yep, absolutely. so uh, make sure you you check that out on on Facebook, um, give it a like and and honestly I've I've been having a look. Over the last couple of weeks, and keeping an eye on it, and there's been some really good stuff that I've been able to take straight away and implement into my teaching. So um, it, it's definitely worth a visit and, and a regular look at. I think we've—I can't see the timer on, on on the on the device, but I think we're, we're getting up near 20 minutes. So just one last question for you, Matt. What's one thing people won't know about you? Something funky or?
1: Ah. Uh... Probably that I collect Lego mini figurines. Um, so I've got yeah about 360.
0: 300
1: of them. Yeah. What,
0: what's the uh, what's your latest? Are these little Legos that you build, or just figurines? They're just the
1: individual figurines that come in in little one-off packs. Okay. Yeah, and so you don't really know what you're getting, and you have to sit there for hours in the shop looking like a weirdo, sort of feeling to see what (laughs) what bits and pieces pieces are in there. Yeah, that's right. So that's awesome. Yeah, I've made members of my department come and do that with me in the past too, (laughs) for professional development. But yeah, it's taken a while to amass that that total. But there's only one that I don't have, um, which is quite annoying.
0: Yeah, hopefully he turns up soon, or well, she, yeah, or whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> um, look, I I really want to thank you for coming along today. Um, I'm I'm just blown away by your approach to this, the, to your senior PE and and what you're doing. You know, I, I mentioned that we have talked about renaming our our courses to to really get away from some of these. Um, assumptions but you've, you've taken it one step further and you've actually designed these amazing courses and thought about what it's going to mean for the kids and what it's going to look like for the kids and also what it's going to look like for the school and um, it's obviously doing well your students are performing well and, and it seems like um, as really as your, your PE department are really clued on and, and having a lot of fun with what these courses provide so um, big pat on the back for you and your department and I really appreciate you coming along to share your story with us today. Cheers Matt. Thanks
1: for having me, it's been great.